Chapter Four of *The Imperialist* by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. I am requested to announce," said Doctor Drummond after the singing of the last hymn, "the death yesterday morning of James Archibald Ramsay, for fifteen years an adherent and for twenty-five years a member of this church." the funeral will take place from the residence of the deceased on courthouse street to-morrow afternoon at four o'clock friends and acquaintances are respectfully invited to attend the minister's voice changed with the character of its affairs still vibrating with the delivery of his sermon it was now charged with the official business of the interment in its inflections it expressed both elegy and eulogy and in the brief pause before and after invited and the fall of attend there was the last word of comment upon the mortal term a crispation of interest passed over the congregation every chin was raised dr drummond's voice had a wonderful claiming power but he often said he wished his congregation would pay as undivided attention to the sermon as they did to the announcements the usual weekly prayer meeting will be held in the basement of the church on wednesday evening then almost in a tone of colloquy and with just a hint of satire about his long upper lip i should be glad to see a better attendance of the young people at these gatherings time was when the prayer meeting counted among our young men and women as an occasion not to be lightly passed over in these days it would seem that there is too much business to be done or too much pleasure to be enjoyed for the oncoming generation to remember their weekly engagement with the lord this is not as it should be and i rely upon the fathers and mothers of this congregation who brought these children in their arms to the baptismal font there to be admitted to the good hopes and great privileges of the church of god i rely upon them to see that there shall be no departure from the good old rule and that time is found for the weekly prayer meeting mrs murchison nudged stella who returned the attention looking elaborately uninterested with her foot alec and oliver smiled consciously their father with an expression of severe gravity backed up the minister who after an instant's pause continued on tuesday afternoon next god willing i shall visit the following families in the east ward mr peterson mr mccormick mrs samuel smith and mr john flint on thursday afternoon in the south ward mrs reed mr p c cameron and mr murchison we will close by singing the third doxology blessed blessed be jehovah israel's god to all eternity the congregation trooped out the murchisons walked home in a clan mr and mrs murchison with stella skirting the outside of the sidewalk beside them the two young men behind abby when she married harry had gone over to the church of england the wife must worship with the husband even dr drummond recognized the necessity though he professed small opinion of the sway of the spouse who with presbyterian traditions behind her could not achieve union the other way about and abby's sanctioned defection was a matter of rather shamefaced reference by her family 
edwina and lorne had fallen into the degenerate modern habit of preferring the evening service so we're to have the doctor on thursday said mrs murchison plainly not displeased well i hope the dining-room carpet will be down i expect he'll be wanting his tea replied mr murchison he's got you in the right place on the list for that mother as usual i'd just like to see him go anywhere else for his tea the day he was coming to our house declared stella but he generally has too much sense you boys said mrs murchison turning back to her sons will see that you're on hand that evening and i hope the doctor will rub it in about the prayer meeting mrs murchison chuckled i saw it went home to both of you and well it might yes i think i may as well expect him to tea he enjoys my scalloped oysters if i do say it myself we'll get abby over said mr murchison that'll please the doctor i must say remarked stella he seems to think a lot more of abby now that she's mrs episcopal johnson yes abby and harry must come said mrs murchison and i was thinking of inviting mr and mrs horace williams we've been there till i'm ashamed to look them in the face and i've pretty well decided she added autocratically to have chicken salad so if dr drummond has made up his mouth for scalloped oysters he'll be disappointed mother announced stella i'm perfectly certain you'll have both i'll consider it replied her mother meanwhile we would be better employed in thinking of what we have been hearing that's the third sermon from the book of job in six weeks i must say with the whole of the two testaments to select from i don't see why the doctor should be so taken up with job stella was vindicated mrs murchison did have both the chicken salad gleamed at one end of the table and the scalloped oysters smoked delicious at the other lorne had charge of the cold tongue and edwina was entrusted with the pickled pears the rest of the family were expected to think about the tea biscuits and the cake for lobelia had never yet had a successor that was any hand with company mrs murchison had enough to do to pour out the tea it was a table to do anybody credit with its glossy damask and the old-fashioned silver and best china that mrs murchison had brought as a bride to her housekeeping for thank goodness her mother had known what was what in such matters a generous attractive table that you took some satisfaction in looking at mrs murchison came of a family of noted housekeepers where she got her charm i don't know six o'clock tea and that the last meal in the day was the rule in elgin and a good enough rule for mrs murchison who had no patience with the innovation of a late dinner recently adopted by some people who could keep neither their servants nor their digestions in consequence it had been a crisp october day as mr murchison remarked the fall evenings were beginning to draw in early everybody was glad of the fire in the grate and the closed curtains dr drummond had come about five and the inquiries and comments upon family matters that the occasion made incumbent had been briskly exchanged with just the word that marked the pastoral visit and the practical interest that relieved it 
and he had thought on the whole that he might manage to stay to tea at which mrs murchison's eyes twinkled as she said affectionately now doctor you know we could never let you off then abby had arrived and her husband and finally mr and mrs williams just a trifle late for etiquette but well knowing that it mustn't be enough to spoil the biscuits dr drummond in the place of honour had asked the blessing and that brief reminder of the semi-official character of the occasion having been delivered was in the best of humours the murchisons were not far wrong in the happy divination that he liked coming to their house its atmosphere appealed to him he expanded in its humour its irregularity its sense of temperament they were doubtful allurements from the point of view of a minister of the gospel but it would not occur to dr drummond to analyze them so far as he was aware john murchison was just a decent prosperous christian man on whose word and will you might depend and mrs murchison a stirring independent little woman who could be very good company when she felt inclined as to their sons and daughters in so far as they were a credit he was as proud of them as their parents could possibly be regarding himself as in a much higher degree responsible for the formation of their characters and the promise of their talents and indeed since every one of them had sat under dr drummond from the day he or she was capable of sitting under anybody mr and mrs murchison would have been the last to dispute this it was not one of those houses where a pastor could always be sure of leaving some spiritual benefit behind but then he came away himself with a pleasant sense of nervous stimulus which was apt to take his mind off the matter it is not given to all of us to receive or to extend the communion of the saints mr and mrs murchison were indubitably of the elect but he was singularly close-mouthed about it and she had an extraordinary way of seeing the humorous side altogether it was paralyzing and the conversation would wonderfully soon slip round to some robust secular subject public or domestic i have mentioned dr drummond's long upper lip all sorts of racial virtues resided there but his mouth was also wide and much frequented by a critical humorous philosophical smile which revealed a view of life at once kindly and trenchant his shrewd gray eyes were encased in wrinkles and when he laughed his hearty laugh they almost disappeared in a merry line he had a fund of scotch stories and one or two he was very fond of at the expense of the methodists that were known up and down the dominion and nobody enjoyed them more than he did himself he had once worn his hair in a high curl on his scholarly forehead and a silvering tuft remained brushed upright he took the old-fashioned precaution of putting cotton wool in his ears which gave him more than ever the look of something highly concentrated and conserved but in no way detracted from his dignity st andrew's folk accused him of vanity because of the diamond he wore on his little finger he was by no means handsome but he was intensely individual perhaps he had vanity his people would have forgiven him worse things 
and at mrs murchison's tea-party he was certainly as john murchison afterward said in fine feather an absorbing topic held them a local topic a topic involving loss and crime and reprisals the federal bank had sustained a robbery of five thousand dollars and in the course of a few days had placed their cashier under arrest for suspected complicity their cashier was walter ormiston the only son of old squire ormiston of moneda reservation ten miles out of elgin who had administered the affairs of the indians there for more years than the federal bank had existed mr williams brought the latest news as was to be expected news flowed in rivulets to mr williams all day long he paid for it dealt in it could spread or suppress it they've admitted the bail mr williams announced with an air of self-surveillance rawlins had brought the intelligence in too late for the current issue and mr williams was divided between his human desire to communicate and his journalistic sense that the item would be the main feature of the next afternoon's express i'm glad of that i'm glad of that repeated dr drummond thank you mrs murchison i'll send my cup and did you learn williams for what amount mr williams ran his hand through his hair in the effort to remember and decided that he might as well let it all go the mercury couldn't fail to get it by to-morrow anyhow three thousand he said milburn and dr henry johnson i thought father was bound to be in it remarked dr harry half and half asked john murchison no contributed mrs williams mr milburn two and dr henry one mr milburn is walter's uncle you know mr williams fastened an outraged glance on his wife who looked another way whatever he thought proper to do it was absolutely understood that she was to reveal nothing of what came in and was even carefully to conserve anything she heard outside with a view to bringing it in mrs williams was too prone to indiscretion in the matter of letting news slip prematurely and as to its capture her husband would often confess with private humour that minnie wasn't much of a mouser well that's something to be thankful for said mrs murchison i lay awake for two hours last night thinking of that boy in jail and his poor old father seventy-nine years of age and such a fine old man so thoroughly respected i don't know the young fellow said dr drummond but they say he's of good character not over solid but bears a clean reputation they're all tories together of course the ormistons it's an old u e loyalist family remarked edvina mr ormiston has one or two rather interesting revolutionary trophies at his house out there none the worse for that none the worse for that said dr drummond old ormiston's father contributed the editor of the express had a crown grant of the whole of moneda reservation at one time government actually bought it back from him to settle the indians there he was a well-known family compact man and fought tooth and nail for the clergy reserves in fifty 
well well said dr drummond with a twinkle we'll hope young ormiston is innocent nevertheless nasty business for the federal bank if he is mr williams went on they're a pretty unpopular bunch as it is of course he's innocent contributed stella with indignant eyes and when they prove it what can he do to the bank for taking him up that's what i want to know her elders smiled indulgently a lot you know about it kitty said oliver it was the only remark he made during the meal aleck passed the butter assiduously but said nothing at all adolescence was inarticulate in elgin on occasions of ceremony i hear they've piled up some big evidence said mr williams young ormiston's been fool enough to do some race betting lately minnie i wish you'd get mrs murchison to show you how to pickle pears of course he added they're keeping it up their sleeve it's a hard place to keep evidence said lorn murchison at last with a smile which seemed to throw light on the matter they had all been waiting more or less consciously for what lorn would have to say lorn you've got it divined his mother instantly got what mother the case i suspected it from the minute the subject was mentioned that case came in to-day and you sitting there like a bump on a log and never telling us exclaimed stella with reproach stella you have a great deal too much to say replied her brother suppose you try sitting like a bump on a log we won't complain yes the squire seems to have made up his mind about the defence and my seniors haven't done much else to-day rollins saw him hitched up in front of your place for about two hours this morning said mr williams i told him i thought that was good enough but we didn't say anything rollins having heard it was to be flynn from toronto and i hadn't forgotten the grand trunk case we put down to you last week without exactly asking your old man was as mad as a hornet wanted to stop his subscription rollins had no end of a time to get round him little things like that will creep in when you've got to trust to one man to run the whole local show but i didn't want the mercury to have another horse on us do you think you'll get a look in lorne asked dr harry oh not a chance of it the old man's as keen as a razor on the case and you'd think warner never had one before if i get a bit of grubbing to do under supervision they'll consider i ought to be pleased it was the sunniest possible tone of grumbling it enlisted your sympathy by its very acknowledgment that it had not a leg to stand on they're pretty wild about it out maneda way said dr harry my father says the township would put down the bale three times over they swear by the squire out there said mr horace williams liberally applying his napkin to his moustache he treated some of them more than square when the fall wheat failed three years running about ten years back do you remember mr murchison lent them money at about half the bank rate and wasn't in an awful sweat about getting it in at that either and wasn't there something about his rebuilding the schoolhouse at his own expense not so long ago asked dr drummond 
just what he did i wanted to send rollins out and make a story of it we'd have given it a column with full heads but the old man didn't like it it's hard to know what some people will like but it was my own foolishness for asking a thing like that is public property there's a good deal of feeling said lorne so much that i understand the bank is moving for change of venue i hope they won't get it said dr drummond sharply a strong local feeling is valuable evidence in a case like this i don't half approve this notion that a community can't manage its own justice when it happens to take an interest in the case i've no more acquaintance with the squire than how do you do and i don't know his son from adam but i'd serve on the jury to-morrow if the crown asked it and there's many more like me mr williams who had made a brief note on his shirt-cuff restored his pencil to his waistcoat pocket i shall oppose a change of venue said he End of chapter four